This week on Ultra 64, we played Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, and so it's time to say go, go Power Rangers. Just go. to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are discussing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog and we are playing it and we are morphing into something fantastic and then we are crashing a fire truck into a bunch of innocent people. My name is Steve Gutley. <laughs> I am the Puce Ranger, Woody Siskowski. <laughs> we are joined by two guests coming uh, all the way from sunny Australia. I can't believe you guys made the flight over here. Just it's pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, please introduce yourself, guys. Uh, hi, I'm the Green Ranger fanboy, Elliot J. O'Neill. And I'm a, kind of a teal, I suppose, Ranger <laughs> B.T. Calloway. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited to have you guys all the way from Australia. You guys are the hosts of the Simpsons Index podcast, uh, which Woody and I have appeared on, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, for real quickly, uh, tell everybody uh, a little bit about your show and how that works. Yeah, so we like to look at all Simpsons, old, new, and in between. So we do that by reviewing three episodes at a time, and each one comes from a different decade. And, you know, we like to use this format to look at how the show has changed, you know, for better or for worse. And, mm-hmm. and also, BT is the host of... Yeah, I'm a host of our other podcast, Thrones of Game, where we watch Game of Thrones backwards. I've already seen the entire show, beginning to disappointing end, but Elliot had not seen a single episode until we t- until we started watching in reverse order. Gives us a really wow. unique perspective on what's going on, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. There's so many bizarre premises for podcasts, and I feel like you guys have you guys have found one of the all time greats. Uh, that's a that's a great premise. It is pretty I nice because uh, every other Game of Thrones podcast is out of material when the show ended, whereas we <laughs> we just started. So uh. that's great. I mean, you can slowly uh, watch friends come back to life, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, 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 it's, it's great. great. You get it get attached to them in reverse. Yeah, dragons and, uh, put things back together and heads get reattached. It's amazing. <laughs> And how many of you? How many of you guys have a power? When are you going to start watching the Power Rangers episodes backwards? Oh, Jesus. When, when, when's that podcast? <laughs> There's 831 episodes to dig through. I mean, you know, you got some time. Is That's that right? right there. Is that how many there is? <laughs> That's how many so far, and counting. I guess once you're done with the with the going through all the Simpsons episodes, you can start uh, <laughs> well, plumbing the depths of Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, Simpsons are going to be done. Uh, uh, when they get to season 32 next year that'll i think by my estimates at about 716 or something mm-hmm. so wow wow power rangers outpaced them yeah I mean, yeah for definitely now. did for now <laughs> well i wanted to check in so you guys asked to be on this episode specifically and i was wondering why uh because man, <laughs> well, because this, this is obviously going to be a sweet game obviously Steve. a great game but you know um what what drew you guys to the power rangers Lightspeed rescue well, yeah, I think I had more input in that than BT because <laughs> yes. you weren't much of a Power Rangers kid, were you? That was a bit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but um, that was more just you asked. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah. no. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a massive Power Rangers fan, especially the first three seasons. Um, mm. I had so many of the toys. I one time as a kid, I got really sick, and you know, parents felt bad for me. It was like, one thing you want, you know, what do you want? I want the Megazord, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a very much loved toy of mine, and um, 
yeah, and Green Ranger was always my favourite, sort of fell off the show as you do as a kid because you mm-hmm. realise, huh, this show might not actually be good. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. And so I have a question for you. Um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? How 33. <laughs> okay. Okay. 33 so you're and two-thirds. A little bit, you're a little bit older than I am, and I think I was a little more of a fan of this show than Steve was. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm 36, and so I think I was just kind of... I was, I was hitting the age when I was like just sort of coming out of my Ninja Turtles phase mm-hmm. right around uh, when Power Rangers started getting big. So I, got, I kind of like just aged out of it. So I don't really have a whole lot of uh, nostalgia for Power Rangers. I never really watched the show. I didn't have any of the toys. And I didn't really get what it was all about. I was still kind of clinging to my uh, my Ninja Turtles long past they were uh, their uh, expiration date. But uh, So I'm excited to hear about people who like really loved the show and grew up with the show so because did, I really didn't. Did you evolve, uh, Elliot? Did you watch any of the other seasons or did you kind of give up after the Mighty Morphin days? Uh, I watched the one afterwards with the ninjas and the thunderzords and stuff because, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the movie as a kid as well. Um, and I kind of dipped into Zeo. I remember that being like on at a convenient time and um, really excited when Tommy was revealed to be the uh, golden black Power Ranger in that one. Dude, spoilers. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to go back for my whole... Oh, damn it. I, I'm not even going to rewatch it now. You've undone it. I've changed my mind. Fuck. Uh, and, well, but... I remember, like, because I inherited a lot of my fandom as a kid, you know, from my two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three. And, like, so all those things like Ninja Turtles and Voltron and all that sort of stuff, it was something we did as brothers. But, you know, by the time Power Rangers rolled around, they were teenagers. And, yeah, they thought this was, yeah, my stupid thing. And But it was kind of nice in that way. It was. Yeah. It felt like the thing that was mine. It was yours, yeah. <laughs> I dig that. I like that as an idea. Well... Let's talk a little bit about the history of the Power Rangers, because it's actually much more interesting than much of what goes on in the show, <laughs> and certainly much of well, what goes ta- on in this game. You're talking about kids in high school fighting putty ninjas isn't interesting? Well, sure. I don't you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mileage may vary. Um, so Power Rangers traces its origins back to Japanese TV in the 1970s and the rise of what's known as the tokutatsu. So this is a... Uh, genre of Japanese uh, live-action special effects-driven fantasies. So anything from, like, Godzilla to Kamen Rider... To uh, Ultraman, to Ultraman, which you Ultraman. which you can consult in our uh, other podcast, Ultra 64. Yeah, which yeah. We Ultraman have one episode 64. of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this could be anything from, like, kaiju to the superheroes and anything like that. And uh, Super Sentai definitely derived from this kind of or, uh, uh, genre. So Super Sentai debuted in 1975 on uh, Japanese television, the Asahi Network. And the show told the story of a team of super-powered heroes who gained power from these magical bracelets. And uh, the show was produced by Toei and Bandai, and it was a big hit in Japan. And after a little while, some enterprising Americans were looking to bring it to the West. So there's a really fun documentary series on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us, Mm -hmm. and they did a whole episode about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And uh, according to that documentary, um, we could have had it much, much sooner, and it would have been a Marvel property because Stan Lee first discovered Super Sentai in the early 80s, and he was really, really adamant about trying to shop it around as a series. He brought it to a Marvel executive named Margaret Loesch, and she really loved the idea. And they spent three years like pitching it to every single studio they could talk to, and no one wanted it, no one bought it at all. So were they were they wanting to bring like just a translation of the original show over, or were they wanting to remake it? I think they English? wanted to redub it. They just wanted to oh, okay. dub it and bring it over here as it is. 
Um, but nobody bought it, but uh, Lee and Loesch, they, they let the idea go. But it did position the series perfectly for later success because Margaret Loesch would go on to become a senior executive at Fox Kids. And when someone else brought a very similar pitch to her in the early 90s, she remembered the idea and liked the idea and bought it. Um, and the person who brought her that idea was a man named Chaim Saban. Uh, so Saban is a very interesting, weird figure. Uh, he's Egyptian and Israeli. Uh, he was a musician who emigrated to the U.S. in the 80s. He and his partner, Shuki Levy, founded Saban Entertainment, and they specialized mostly in composing jingles for uh, kids' cartoons. <laughs> so uh, they were the team behind Inspector Gadget, behind He-Man, She-Ra, a whole bunch of iconic like 80s cartoons. Just and the actual cartoons or just the themes? The, just the themes. Okay, yeah, just yeah. the theme songs. And then eventually they started producing cartoons of their own. I think they did the original X-Men series. Oh. Um, and they did... Um, Wait, is that the one that people like? Is that the good animated like. one? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and Samurai Pizza Cats, which someone wrote in to our show yeah, about a while Aaron ago. told us about that. Yeah, so we learned a lot about Samurai Pizza Cats. Is that the um, one where the voice actors... Um, didn't actually get the translation for the script, so they yes, kind of just so improvised were... it. <laughs> yep. See, and I didn't know anything about that yeah. until somebody uh, wrote in and pointed that out. Now it sounds like a show I would watch. <laughs> like, it sounded ridiculous before, but now I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah, now that you know they're improvising, it no longer sounds ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> of course, they're cats so, who make uh, pizza and are also <laughs> samurais. What's confusing wait, about do that? They make, do they make pizza oh, or yeah. do they just love pizza? Oh. oh, they actually make pizza. I mean, if my memory of the theme song is correct, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they're just, they're just like cooks. Okay. I, I need to watch this show now. It sounds too weird. Um, so, Hayam Saban, he happened to catch an episode of Super Sentai during a business trip in Japan, and he loved the idea of adapting it for the States, and in 1985, he developed a pilot called Bioman. So, with that one, he took some recycled footage from Season 8 of Super Sentai and spliced it with a very cheaply produced, like, American sitcom. And kind of counteracted it and made it look like the Americans were turning into these Japanese robot warriors. Um, so he shopped it around for years, from 1985 to 1993. He mm. shopped it around to everybody, uh, got turned down at every juncture. Finally, he built a relationship with Margaret Loesch over at Fox uh, after they had success with uh, X-Men, and they were they were open to his ideas. And uh, Margaret Loesch, of course, remembered this idea, or Loesch or Lesh, I don't know how to pronounce it, L-O-E-S-C-H, I don't know. Write in if you're Margaret Lesh. Yeah, do it. Or um, Loesh. Well, yeah. yeah, if right you're either one of too. those people, yeah. come in and correct us. So uh, the show was rebranded Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a title chosen specifically to remind kids of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because oh. everything had to at that yeah. time. Yeah, I love um, that thing where you can sing uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers to the tune of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. <laughs> the there's a whole count Twitter works. account Mighty of like, Morphin yeah, they, there's a whole t uh, Twitter account where they do that. They take the syllable count from everything and yeah. turn it into the... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, so, yeah, so they, they reshot a lot of the footage of the uh, the original Bioman series, and they recast it and everything. So now it's just about five teenagers growing up in Southern California. They discover these power coins, is that right, or tokens or something? I thought it was like crystals. Oh, so yeah, yeah. crystals, and then that turns them into the Power Rangers. And then the Power Rangers have... Are they are they vehicles or do they turn into dinosaurs? I wasn't clear. <laughs> They're vehicle dinosaurs. <laughs> They're vehicle dinosaurs. Okay, half but, vehicle, half dinosaur. But do they are they crawling inside the dinosaurs or are they themselves uh, they the are dinosaurs? Dramatically leaping into the cockpit of these d robot dinosaurs. Okay, yeah, so okay, vehicles. Okay. 
All right, cool. I was I was never clear if they. And were then the, the vehicles can link up into one giant robot. Yeah, the where Megazord. Like one yeah. person is like the foot. Also, it would suck <laughs> to like you're like, oh, I'm the knee of the Megazord. <laughs> it's like how I want to be a cool part of the Megazord, <laughs> like the penis. Yeah, exactly. The robot Megazord penis. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> So uh, the series officially debuted on August 28th, 1993, and it was an instant runaway, unbelievable success, or success, excuse me. Uh, uh, according to the LA Times, the show became so popular that Fox, uh, they staged a live action stunt show at Universal Studios in 1994. That event sold 35,000 tickets, and apparently it caused backups on the LA freeway up to 10 miles. Wow. Because so many people are trying to get to Universal City Walk to look at this stunt show. Um, so yeah, by 1995, the franchise was grossing more than a billion dollars a year, mm. which is utterly insane. Mm. Most of that was from toys. Uh, the toy sales were out of control. Did everybody here have a Power Rangers toy? I did not. But I, also I, don't Power th- I don't think I did either. Wow. Yeah. I had too many. I, I was like, I was a bit of a spoiled <laughs> kid, I got to admit. You made up for the rest of us who had none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you had all of them. Oh, so no. I'm pretty these... sure I had friends in primary school just because I had, like, the, I had pretty much the suite of Power Rangers toys. Tell, like, tell us about these toys. Like, did they have the, like, could you link the vehicles together to make the Megazord? Um, yeah. Do they have oppo- weapons and opposable digits and stuff? Yeah. It, um, what I really love about this era of toys, you know, be it Voltron, Transformers, or Power Rangers, is they really went to the detail of, you know, linking these things up like they would in the show. And the Megazord was such a satisfying toy. Like, I've even gone on a couple of YouTube binges just watching, like, people playing with uh, these old toys again because I, I don't have them anymore i sold them regrettably at a garage sale at age 14 but yeah the, um they would the individual like zords like the saber-toothed tiger the triceratops whatever they would be their own toys mm. that then could also link up and make this one big thing it was just they were amazing that yeah i mean i remember really coveting my friend had uh, one of the the ones where you press on their belt buckle and their heads flip around. Oh, so yeah. like they have the human heads and then oh, the, the cool. robot Orphan. heads. The other cool thing <laughs> is uh, when they introduced um, the Dragon Zord into the show as well, which uh, could be a ver- um, a couple of the dinosaurs would link up into that and that would be its own Megazord. Like, that they were able to adapt these toys to fit into the old ones as well. Like, mm. And they also had Titanus, which is this... compatibility. Yeah. 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 <laughs> backwards compatibility <laughs> in toys, yeah. That's really cool. See, I mean, I, I that was really my only exposure to Power Rangers when I was a kid is when people would bring them to, like, the recess and stuff like that. Mm. And compared to my Ninja Turtles, these things were, like, twice the height. Like, mm. they're really substantial, big figures. And, like, they felt heavy and pretty. And they looked cool. So, like, I understand why the toys were so popular. Mm. I mean, I think that the general premise of the show is pretty smart. Like if you think about like what preteen boys want, yeah, it's like they want to be superheroes and they want to be in high school. Yeah, they want yeah. to be older. And so this game, this, um, you know, the show essentially combines those two things of like, oh man, when I'm in high school, girls will like me and <laughs> I can fight putty ninjas. As long as I keep playing with these Power Rangers, yeah. girls will like me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm certain that was how it worked out. So uh, by 1995, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was grossing more than a billion dollars a year, like we said, and they were so successful that uh, Saban and Fox joined forces to found the Fox Kids Network, oh. uh, I think which they eventually sold to ABC Family. Saban 
personally made $1.3 billion <laughs> off of that. He's an interesting dude because now he's he's largely like kind of behind the scenes guy, but he's like one of the biggest uh, political contributors. Like he's really close with the Clintons. He's given the Democratic Party like more money than I think any individual donor. Wow. Really? And he's like really he's like really obsessive about Israel, about our, our relationship with Israel. That's kind of like his one issue. Mm. But he has so much money and so much influence, and apparently he's a very like charismatic kind of guy. So uh, he's an interesting figure. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Uh, into some shady shit, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, in 1995, the show spawned a feature film, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the Movie, which was uh, critically lambasted, but it made more than $66 million in 1995 money. So very confusingly. Oh. Was it really? Yeah. Very confusingly, one of these funny things as well, where they we have this structure called a Centerpoint Tower, or Sydney Tower, I think it's called now, and... For the movie, they because uh, it kind of looks like an A, they kind of adapted it into being uh, the symbol for Angel Grove. And, <laughs> yeah, it was just really interesting how they were like, oh, no, this was here all along. You just couldn't oh, see sure. it in the shots that we chose. <laughs> Why not? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know. I did find a, uh, a snippet of a review from uh, Roger Ebert's review of the movie. I just thought... I'm it, sure he was a fan. Oh, I man. think of what Roger Ebert loved about movies. <laughs> like, it was movies are empathy machines and also good vehicles to see dudes fighting putty. Oh, yeah. That's his favorite. I mean, no one can write a bad review like Roger Ebert. His, his bad reviews give me life, and I just love this one. Uh, from his review, he says, It's as close as you can get to absolutely nothing and still have a product to project on screen. The hey, movie that is, could apply to the video game we played, it, too. It could. Mm. <laughs> the movie is like those synthetic foods that have no fat, no sugar, no vitamins, and no calories, but they come in bright packages, and you can chew them. <laughs> what depresses me inutterably is that children, who are fresh and inquisitive, will go to this movie, and for 88 minutes, the movie will do what it can to deaden their imaginations. This movie is like a little unkindness done to its victims. Wow. Ooh, I don't love that. That's what I what I remember with- about that movie that was wacky is I think the main villain in it is Ivan Ooze. Mm. And right around the same time, there was the Ninja Turtles se- sequel called The Secret of the Ooze, uh-huh. not featuring a character called Ivan Ooze. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just uh, very confusing me. Um, were you going to say something, BT? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, when you start <laughs> referring to your audience as victims, you're in a different, yeah. <laughs> it's a different ball game. It's entirely different. I, I feel like I've actually seen this movie, maybe. I like have a, definitely seen this like movie. Like at a sleepover or something. I wasn't paying attention, but I do remember hearing weird like rumors on the playground, like when people were talking about this movie, they're like, oh my god, Zordon dies in this movie. You can totally see him like fall over and a spike goes through his head and there's like brains on it. <laughs> like so everyone was trying to convince me that this movie was like super gory and violent, and I didn't know anything about Power Rangers, so I just assumed that was true. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, but uh, the the shine was a little bit off the apple by 1997 when the sequel Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, flopped pretty hard at the box office. That made less than eight million dollars compared to 66. So I mean, the thing that's bizarre is each time, because all the content from this show is pulled from the Japanese show. Yeah, it means each time that the Japanese show sort of gets new footage and characters. They have to reboot the American show, right? Right. Yeah. So it's pretty much every season is its own thing. So like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers became Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, and then Power Rangers Zero, Zio, then Power Rangers Turbo, In once, Space, Time Force, Ninja Storm, Dino Thunder. Once they battles. lost the uh, Mighty Morphin, I feel like that was kind of the life. Is people associate mm. the Mighty Morphin with the Rangers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah if they're absolutely. not Mighty and Morphin, morph? then what are they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, also I mean, that so, they, um, like, by the time the third season of Mighty Morphin rolled around, like, most of the original Power Rangers had left, and it sort of 
Um, you know, the replacements just kind of weren't up to scratch. I'm thinking critically about one of the campiest, weirdest yeah. show of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, but, was, uh, that was when they had to bring Kevin Spacey in to yell at him and tell him to always always be morphing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a- a- ABM, ABM, for closers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Power Rangers has never stopped being profitable in in 27 years it still makes like 200 million dollars well, you a talk year, about a show crazy. that's like absurdly cheap like absurdly they just cheap. they just pay the japanese for the rights to it this is, oh, yeah. genius how cheap it. this show is to produce yeah. it oh, is yeah. inspired well, <laughs> like and saban in particular was had kind of a reputation for like kind of like roger corman of just being this producer who would just cut it down to the bone like absolute bare minimum which means he paid his actors and his creators shit but he made a shitload of money off of it. None all. of the actors from these Power Ranger shows have really gone on to do much, have they? Like, no, you think the, that there would have been like one sort of breakthrough? I can think of like but, two other things I've seen them in. I know uh, the kid who played Zach, uh, the Black Power Ranger. He was on the first season of The Shield. Oh, and wow. then the kid who, or the the woman who played the Pink Ranger, was in the original Cabin Fever, the Eli Roth movie. <laughs> Amy Jo Johnson. She was also in Alec McBeal. Uh, Ali McBeal. That's right. I think she was the one who was like the biggest of the cast. If anybody could really be considered like a, a big breakout on that show. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, uh, the woman who played Trini uh, died in a car accident as well. And yeah. Uh, absolute shame. Um, that actually, I, I wanted to talk about that because there's something of a Power Rangers curse. Do you guys know about this? No. So I, I was suspected, but go on. <laughs> it's where they they appear on the cover of the game, then they lose the <laughs> NFL season. I yeah. mean, you're not entirely <laughs> far off. So it's similar to like the Madden games or like the Poltergeist films. So mm-hmm. people talk about like because Power Rangers has been beset with a lot of tragedies over the years. So couple of examples here. Um, Richard Medina, who is the actor who played the Red Lion Ranger in season 10, is currently in prison for murdering his roommate with a sword. Whoa. Um, a lion sword? I hope so. <laughs> I hope sword? it was an actual sword from the show. Uh, yeah, like you said, Doi Trang, who was the actress who played the original Yellow Ranger, she died in a car accident when she was 27. Uh, and that same day, the older brother of the actor who played the Green Ranger killed himself. Like, literally the same day that happened. Wow. Um, a supporting cast member from early in the show went on to be a noted serial murderer who killed what? at least three people. Uh, she's currently in death row on a maximum security facility after trying to remove her penis with a uh, razor blade in her cell. Uh, trans woman. Oh, okay. Um, the original Zordon died at 43 of an aneurysm. Uh, the Red Wind Ranger from Ninja Storm uh, was found dead of unknown causes at age 38 just last year. There are like a dozen others. Uh, examples of people who died suddenly or died mysteriously. Uh, and I, I don't buy the curse idea. I think it's the fact that there are 831 episodes yeah. of this show <laughs> and they change the cast every season and we just have a shitload of people. touched a lot of people. It's a numbers game more than anything, but I think it's interesting how many uh, how many Power Rangers stories have horrible, sad ends. Um, yeah. A little bit more about Power Rangers. Um so, yeah, it never really hit its 90s peak again. Uh, Saban tried to reboot it a couple times using other Tokitatsu shows like uh, VR Troopers, Masked Rider, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I love that title. I can't imagine why Big Bad Beetleborgs wasn't bigger than that. That feels uh, like yeah, a tongue twister last- warm up. Yeah, all the kids. Yeah, yeah ar- maybe that's the problem. All the kids Before, hanging around uh, at recess, being like, "Do you see big bag beetleboards last night?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> before you go on on stage and you're sort of warming up backstage before yeah. when you're an actor, you're like big bad beetleboards, big bad beetleboards, big bad beetleboards, big bad beetleboards, red leather. <laughs> 
Uh, but I mean, despite all that, like it's fallen off in popularity. Uh, you know, in in 2017, there was a reboot movie. I did actually go see this in theaters. <laughs> yep. And oh it's, right. It's a big guilty pleasure movie for me. Like I really like this movie. Uh, really. I acknowledge it's. <laughs> I acknowledge it's stupid, but. The, it's well acted. Uh, it, it's the, the actors are clearly having fun with what they're doing, and they're trying to take it somewhat seriously. Like they hold off all the heavy duty ranger stuff till the last thirty minutes because it is incredibly silly to look at, <laughs> and they didn't want to lose the audience. But it's a better movie than you might think. If also, you seen it. that movie does hold a special place in the heart of uh, Ultra sixty four because. True. Our advertisement that appeared on the Flophouse podcast, excellent movie podcast, um, was on their Power Rangers episode. That's true. Oh. They were probably not as big of fans of the movie as you were. No, but... no, no. But I think even they admitted it. It's like, yeah, this movie isn't bad. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, because we um, saw it in theaters together, what, uh, well, when it came out, obviously. Yeah. And it was a mostly empty theater, so I was pretty confident in bringing my vaporizer in and getting high as shit. But <laughs> even, <laughs> even that couldn't help me enjoy this movie. Oh, see, I I had fun with it. I think Elizabeth Banks is hilarious in this movie as Rita Repulsa. Like she's having so much fun and just chewing the scenery. Um, oh. It's a does seem to be the only it, one who's leaning into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's having fun, and I think all of the kids in that movie are going to be like big deals in a couple years. Like I, they're already starting to like the the Pink Ranger was in the new Aladdin reboot, and the Red oh. Ranger, of course, is on Stranger Things right now. So mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it, it, I think they're. I think they're going to get there, but we'll see. Time will prove me right on that one. I still just <laughs> uh, can't but, believe the uh, the ending of the movie. That one of the biggest plot points was Krispy Kreme. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's almost as bad as the uh, Olive Garden references in Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, <laughs> like, <what> oh. <laughs> that was so funny. All right, so um, Lightspeed Rescue. Uh, that's the eighth season of the show. Uh, so that aired in two thousand, from February to November. It's based off the 23rd season of Super Sentai, which is called QQ Sentai Go Go 5. I love Japanese <laughs> and show titles. So man. Super Sentai, just before we get too much in the game, the, the first season of that started in 1975, yeah. I believe, and Jeez. it is still going. Still like, going. There's still new seasons of that show. Why? And so is Power Rangers. Power yeah. Rangers, uh, their, their latest season was... Uh, Beast Morphers or something like that, kind of like. So there must be like now. an outrageous amount of episodes of Super Sentai, right? Oh yeah, like, they'll, they'll never like, run out. Okay. They'll never run out. Um, so yeah, this one. Uh, I think the big difference is here. It's like the the characters. They're all in a fictional town in California called Mariner Bay. Uh, their outfits. The outfits look a little different in every season, and I think the deal with these guys is that their face plates are shaped like shields. Mm. That's what I'm uh. reading from it. It could just be that they're basic geometric shapes. They, they, they definitely do like not look. Right. It's it's not as appealing of a design as some of the original ones. But they so. do have kind of like the Japanese flag, like setting sun um, uh, decoration on their chests, which is an interesting design choice. I think. One thing <laughs> that I was wondering is um, if we think that the original Power Rangers, like kind of the target audience was maybe like eight to ten year olds or... Um, I feel like this one feels like it skews younger because a lot of the sort of aspects of this character kind of reminded me of Paw Patrol in the game of like yeah, yeah. your characters like <laughs> literally transform into fire trucks to like go rescue people yeah, and that- sort of the complexity of this game also makes you think maybe they don't have the seasoned gamer in mind here. No. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying that to Elliot, that there seemed to be a lot more emphasis on the term rescue rather than maybe... So maybe it was for the parents to be like, uh, you know, hey, they're not fighting bad guys, they're rescuing their victims, you yeah. know, yeah. things like that. Exactly. Because there's exactly. also very little emphasis on the light speed, because this yeah. game is slow. slow. <laughs> Did you guys watch the actual light speed series at all, or...? 
No, no. I, I, I thought about it. Steve but watches it, some real garbage to prepare for this show. I we watched the Battletoads cartoon. We did. But I yikes. couldn't bring myself to it. I couldn't bring myself. Did, did you know. guys watch? Have you guys seen any of the Lightspeed Rescue show? No, this was definitely way after my time. But, mm-hmm. you know, while we were playing the game, I sort of, I was scrubbing through the first three episodes on my phone and we were sort of laughing at that in the game at the same time. And Yeah, and just to continue the Curse of Power Rangers, we found out one of the villains, uh, Jennifer L. Yen, who plays Viper, uh, apparently continually had skin uh, skin breakouts while playing the character and is now the CEO of a successful skincare company. So there's wow. a success, success story to take away from it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's good, at least. That's perfect. She got so many um, rashes, she had to make her own skincare company somehow. <laughs> Through a magical power coin that you find in I a guess. glacier somewhere, Titanium however power. it happens. <laughs> Titanium power. Um, a little bit about Power Rangers history in video games. I mean, given how popular this franchise was, mm. you'd think it would be have more of a video game imprint. Yeah. Um, there, were, there were a couple of Super Sentai games that were released on the Famicom that were based off the seasons that made up the first one. So technically they are like Power Rangers games if you can find them, but they were never ported here. Chances are if you've played a Power Rangers game at all, you've probably played just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for the Super NES or the Genesis. Depending on which version you got, the Super NES was a beat-em-up, like a pretty decent side-scrolling action Yeah, it was straight up just 2D, Mm -hmm. like walk from left to right and punch dudes halfway through the left. You'd start as a kid. Yeah. Um, Then the Blue Ranger was like this nerdy kid who had the goofiest like punch animation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which which was really entertaining. And about halfway through, you uh, transform into your Ranger, which was cool because they all get actually like pretty sweet weapons. Yeah, this this is not a terrible uh, game. It's it's pretty mediocre, but like it's really, it's not It looks really good. It looks very nice. Yeah. Um, if you played it on the Genesis, you got a crappy Street Fighter 2 knockoff. That's kind mm. of what it, it was just a straight up fighting game. So they kind of mix it up a lot. And uh, there were move, there were games based on the movies that came out, but those were just kind of side scrolling beat em ups. Um, also, there was an interesting Sega CD version, which was basically just Dragon Slayer. They were playing an actual <laughs> oh. episode of the Power Rangers on the on the disc, and you just press buttons in time with like actions that pop up on the screen. Huh. But the actions that pop up, like they if your button presses don't have anything to do with what happens in the episode. The episode's going to play as normal. Uh, your button, so it's not like you miss a button press and like Green Ranger gets hit or something like that. It's miss a button press and you get slightly lower score. Mm. Oh, okay. But you could sit there and do nothing and just watch a crappy episode of the show if you want. So Ooh, I'm all about an episode that. of that show. Thank you. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I love I love them FMV games. Um, and there's there's pretty much been like a handheld adaptation of every season of the show since, but like none of them have been worth talking about. They've all just been kind of shovelware basically at this mm. point. Much like the game we're talking about today. Oh, is this a world record for diversions? It might be. Uh, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, released June 1st, 2000, developed by Mass Media Inc. and published by THQ. <laughs> the exciting world of Mass Media Inc. I'm probably sure I made that joke last time they came up. Oh, I know. But now, it's but just the most members. generic possible company name, like, ever. <laughs> hello. Like <laughs> yeah. Hello, patrons. Perhaps you would enjoy video game entertainment created by Mass Media Inc. For your... Game console. <laughs> Put it in your eye holes. Uh, this game was also released on the PlayStation, the Game Boy Color, Macintosh, and Windows. Oof. So there are four different games with the same exact title, but they are all very different games, uh, and they were all developed by different companies. So the version we're playing today is kind of like a... We'll, uh, we'll talk about what it is, but the PlayStation version, which was developed by Climax Studios, is more of what you would expect from this era. It's a 3D That's an exciting studio name. 
Right? Yeah, yeah. Climax and mass media should get together. That's just that's just a poor mass novel. climax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you would th- this one's kind of what you would think. It's like a, it's like a Tomb Raider or a, a mm. Nightmare Creatures, a 3D action beat 'em up thing. I'm sure Nightmare Creatures is a more apt comparison probably, of quality. Probably closer. Yeah. Uh, the Game Boy Color version by Natsume was just a side-scrolling platformer. And then the uh, the Windows and Macintosh version was by Red Sky Entertainment, and that's just an activity center. <laughs> they call it a data zord, and it's just like a couple of little mini games um, and like, I don't know, Moby Games described it as, with custom interfaces for each color Power Ranger and a bonus interface for the data zord, the game could be compared to a science fiction activity board to put into the crib of an alien baby. What? I, I so. feel like you say, when you say the game could be compared to, yeah. you can't put something that no one has ever seen. Yeah, you can't compare like, it to something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, the game can't be compared to anything at that point. Like, if you're saying that this is something you routinely put in the crib of an alien baby... Then I I uh, I have issues with your with your assertion. Take that, Moby Games from 1997. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Feel the burn. So, the story in this game is your typical Power Rangers stuff. They are saving people and fighting evil. But the way the story unfolds is kind of hilarious because it's <laughs> it's a series of still cutscenes, not from the show or anything. It looks like they've all been hand drawn or maybe mm-hmm. done in MS Paint. Either way, it looks like a bunch of coloring books. It pages. definitely looks like it. it. definitely looks like you went to the dollar store and your kid was <laughs> whining. And so you're like, hey, look, get this uh, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue coloring book and yeah. work on this. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of what it looks like. And then they just took that, scanned it into see, the game. See, that's how you done. do a comparison to something, a situation <laughs> we've all been in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's like when I'm when I'm uh, feeding my alien baby. Wait, no, no, no you're, you're off track again. Wait, do you not have this comparison? No, I guess not. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Um, all right, let's talk about the game a little bit. So uh, I, I will give the developers here credit for having a little bit of variety at the very mm-hmm. least, a very little bit of variety, but there's some variety. So this game is basically four different types of games in <laughs> one. Uh, let's start with the first one and the, the one that most people will probably not get past just because it's so boring. Um, <laughs> it's just an open world kind of sandbox thing. It's o- yeah, it's open world. O- this, open world meaning this is that like it is open and there's nothing Red Dead Revolver, take a seed. Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue is here. Um, open world, it, but very small. It's Yeah, yeah. It's open parking lot, I guess yeah. is what I should say. It's, uh, it's, they close it down to driver's ed yeah. and the Power Rangers are just wreaking havoc before uh, the kids come and start their cars so you know um have you guys ever played the original gauntlet for arcades yeah which um basically you just sort of uh, play as squares and you fight other squares Mm -hmm. this game will make you long for the artistic (laughs) creativity of gauntlet because the environments you run around in is literally parking lot neighborhood like neighborhood with some kanji signs yeah Mm -hmm. it's just the most boring possible environments the train station yeah Uh, I mean, so you you start the game as the Yellow Ranger. You're a different Ranger in every level. You don't get to choose. Yeah, but the Rangers are all exactly the same, yeah, which is identical. super lame. Is this what it's like in the show? Do they shoot energy beams from their hands in the show in, in this season, no. or is that <laughs> something have, uh, they ever do? We did watch a little bit just to figure this one out. They got laser pistols or something like that, but it's not just zapping from their hands as far as we could tell. Yeah. yeah from the 20 they, seconds all, of footage we watched. Do they all have the same thing, though, or do they all have different things? Um, again, we sort of scrubbed <laughs> through the show. We didn't really Steve. get into the deep detail of it, but oh, okay. the deep lore yeah. that is uh, present in so yeah. Yeah, so this, In this, regardless of the ranger that you play as, I mean, it does just assign you a ranger, but regardless of who you play as, 
your A button is a punch, which shoots out a little laser, and your B button is a kick behind you, which shoots out a laser. Mm. And basically, this game sort of plays a lot like Gauntlet Legends without sort of any of the character or excitement the of that game. Without variety or anything like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly, because in that you could th- sort of throw your axes constantly, and there's yeah. generators There's in generators, this. yeah, they're little, little bad guy <laughs> generators, but like... You can also literally walk into enemies and they will explode. Yeah. They'll do a little damage to you, but you don't need to throw a goddamn punch at all in this game. You can just walk around and kill everything. And you know what? You'll probably find a health bar that will completely refill you immediately and uh, you'll be fine. Not not since the days of Elmo's number adventure have we been less challenged by a game. It's true. Yeah. I think this, I mean, we even amped up the difficulty of the hardest one and we were still just coasting through it. Like it really wasn't a problem. No, at one point but, I looked over and BT, you're not taking out the enemies and like yeah i was just trying to see if i could win by controlling the character with one hand and drinking coffee with the other and i could <laughs> oh my God. woody was doing the same thing during the one of the driving levels he just didn't touch the stick for like a minute and a half and yeah. didn't hit anything like you it's it's the least interactive video game uh, the the um, enemies that you run around sort of it's this isometric viewpoint and they make weird little dolphin noises yeah. as they chase you. It, it is not a sound that a threatening enemy would make. Not, gen- um, not even a threatening dolphin. No. Like, I think they would sound. I think they, a dolphin would sound yeah. more threatening if they were coming after us. There oh. is a lot of power ups in this game, but you kind of just pick them up and they have some random short term effect. Um, which when you destroy most enemies in one hit, your extra yeah. damage power up is of questionable use. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I do like that it's got a Contra-style spread gun. Uh, if you get a three, then you know you're shooting three beams of light at a time. Uh, but it, all of the power-ups last a very short time. Yeah, and uh, it's just the enemies are never challenging enough for those power-ups to be useful. Yep. Right. But no. It, even no. the most threatening one, which I dubbed the floating pajama ghost, which takes two, <laughs> which takes two hits. Its first hit, it'll run away from you for a few seconds, and then so it removes any kind of threat immediately because it already flees from you, giving you enough time to shoot it again. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And the kick, I got confused because, like, I think my first impulse was just to press the B button because in most games that's your attack. Yeah. Mm. So, and it's a kick, but you kick behind you, and it was uh, it took some getting used to. It. I'm like, wait, is it just letting? Do I have to face away from all my? That enemies was every a time? that was a weird thing in the original Double Dragon is the buttons would actually switch orientation depending on which way you were facing, and then you oh, would kick behind right. you for one of them. That's right. Um, I forgot about is, that. Is speaking of the original Double Dragon, this game not ambitious at all like um i mean i the tra- the this game is about as complicated as double dragon like maybe less so you're you're playing with the n64 controller and you got two buttons yeah. in this mode yeah um your punch and your kick um there is a run power up that makes you run faster i really did enjoy the run animation in this game because it seems very sort of over animated yeah. like your character just sort of seems like really twitchy like all of his limbs are sort of moving at the yeah, same time he, they've never heard of running before and they just have a vague yeah. idea this is what it's meant to look like yeah yeah i oh, kind of what automatically... about the green enemy the way he'd sort of hop and swing both of his arms together oh at yeah the same that was time. very odd right yeah and i mean i anytime i see running animation in a game my brain automatically fills in the yakety sacks from benny Hill. <laughs> yeah. and it's like perfectly suited for the running in this yeah. one like more so than most because it's just like everything speeds up to such a rapid degree and you're, you're making little footfalls and it's so funny mm. the real so you run around and you rescue people who as you said were saluting the sun well <laughs> no in this first one you have to oh, run yeah. around punching slime oh yeah because like, it's a training <laughs> mission right you punch slime and the next isn't one you're punching very, logs yeah I was about to say isn't the very first one we have to punch logs and that's just yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, what, it's the Superman 64 syndrome where you get these super-powered beings, and you're like, let's make them fight logs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you just keep the... sort of thinking, was this actually an episode that they're basing it on? Did they clear <laughs> Hey, man, they got 800 episodes. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. They got yeah. one with a log demon, right? Do you right? know how yeah. hazardous yeah. to fire uh, spreading fallen logs are? It's massive. <laughs> so uh, you've got to clear that debris, man. Yeah. Oh, man, you sound like the post-credits of a Captain Planet episode or something. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun today, but let me tell you about Hogs. Um, So once you finally, through this first level, you destroy all the slime, you are rewarded with a sound effect pulled. You remember uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail when they yeah. ate, ro- ate Robin's minstrels and there was much rejoicing? Yay! Yay! Yeah, it's a very unenthusiastic, ironic cheers in a different room. That's what we hear, basically. And they give it to you after every level, and it's the exact yeah. same sound effect. It, yeah. it, it made me smile every time. Oh, yeah. Yay! It's worth noting, too, your ranger character is really small on screen. Like, kind of mm. surprisingly small. Like, the first thing that made me think of, like, uh, not in a charitable way, but it made me think, think like, uh, Blast Core, you know, mm-hmm. with, like, the size oh, of, yeah. the, uh, of the trucks and stuff and that and how small they are. That's almost how small your Power Rangers are. But that's supposed to be a much bigger map, and you can actually interact with environments in that game. And the um, map right. itself is, like, uh, really weird to navigate. Mm. Like, it feels like... It, there's no sense of how big it is compared yes, to... Yes, exactly. And, and it's really big. They're all and, really big levels. And, it, and, like, while you're right, technically, it feels open world. Like, to me, it also felt super linear. Like, even with the Basic Bones uh, radar map, like, you could navigate it fairly easily. Yeah, because that problem was... Yeah. There was no sense of how big the area was, so you just kind of were forced to follow the navigation, and then it just became, yeah, a very linear progression. Yeah. Which, which, well, because the camera is kind of so zoomed in on, yeah. like, you and your immediate surroundings, you don't see any of the environment around you. No. The, the camera no, is, in this game is just frustrating across the board. Oh, yeah. And yeah. maybe it's yeah. a product of its time, but, you know, the C buttons on the N64 were designed to operate the camera, and yeah. But I don't think there's any camera control in this game at all. No. And like, no. since it but it does get stuck in buildings. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, the, I, a common theme that I'll go back to is for all the criticisms of this game, of which there are many, yep. um, this game was so easy and effortless that it was hard to get too frustrated by the flaws of it. Mm. Yeah, I it's, think the way I described when we were playing is that like I, I can't defend any of this, and this is all a very bad game, but it's not like upsetting me in a way that like Superman would or anything yeah. like Monster that. Monster Truck like, Madness. Monster Truck yeah. Madness. I wasn't upset by anything. I was, I was kind of bored and kind of amused. I don't know. I'm actually kind but of... I'm upset that there is some bare bones of good ideas in each of the Mm. segments of this game. Like, even just something as simple as, you know, the punch does the forward laser, whereas the kick does the backwards one. I think this could be, like, an interesting mechanic, but, yeah, you're just not challenged with it ever. Well, and they have a variety, too. So in the next level, Mm -hmm. it's a vehicular side-scrolling segment. Vehicular is just a funny word, isn't it? (laughs) Vehicular. Uh, But you jump into a fire truck, which I think is part of the light speed rescue and also Mm -hmm. like why you were saying it's kind of like a – it seems like a more childish game. Mm. Uh, These segments – suck but are also hilarious because (laughs) (coughs) excuse me the the first thing you're supposed to do you're driving a fire truck and of course fire trucks can shoot big orbs of water from the front of their grill yeah if you you felt the previous gameplay mode with its two buttons was too simple they they, they, they slow it down for you now you only got one button you have to run around occasionally you'll hear somebody go help or over here help and then you have to shoot water at their flaming car which Everyone in this highway is driving around them, but every once in a while, there'll be a white car in flames. 
Uh, and if you hit it, then uh, the it just fire evaporates. Goes it evaporates, but the guy says thank Yay. you. And if you fail, then he gets left behind. My tactic was to just ram into all of them because <laughs> you I were figure so out bad at this mode. I don't. I couldn't <laughs> get like it's so precise and it's always kind of constantly drifting. So like. Mm. I had a hard time getting a, a beat on aiming, but I was hitting so many flaming trucks, and it didn't even matter in the end. The level just keeps going. Like, yeah, the anim and the animation for when you hit a car is hilarious because the trucks will just your car, your fire truck is barely moving. It goes so slow, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and there's no there's no way to like speed it up or anything. Again, the light speed not not delivered on. No, um, no. but whenever you hit a car, that car will just instantly start spinning. Sometimes it will like fly towards the background, hit yep. sky skyscrapers there and then spin sort of out <laughs> out towards the screen it's like very it's like a very slow ufo taking off <laughs> but it's like but it's just filled with burning it's just people. really funny but, because yeah. like the amount of uh force that your car has seems so little because it feels like you're going so slow yet these mm -hmm. cars just go flying yeah and your car doesn't respond at all yeah yeah yes. yeah no it, it's I don't know. Did you guys have an easier time with this segment, or was I just the only one bad at this? Uh, pretty straightforward. I think we all, we all had Damn a good it. chuckle at the number of cars that didn't matter that you rammed into and would go ricocheting <laughs> off the background buildings. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty good. And it, uh, yeah, and it's just much like the previous mode. It's You can essentially ignore the enemies. Yeah. Like, if you're just good enough at avoiding them, yeah, they don't matter. And Yeah, once they've passed you, they can't turn around and fire at you, so you just avoid them and it's fine. Yeah, and yeah. given such a generous amount of time anyway mm. that, um, yeah, because I agree, it was a bit drifty and floaty and didn't feel precise in the aiming. And, yeah, because there was one where you weren't even sure what you were supposed to be doing, so you wasted half the time just dicking around and you still yeah. had yeah. enough time to finish. Yeah, that's right. Was that the slime one? Or... Yeah, I think it was the slime one. We got down to like the last 20 seconds and you're like, oh, wait, no, there's a time bonus. Yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't even notice the time until there is a, like a driving level later where you have to stay alive for four minutes minutes which yeah. felt so long <laughs> such oh. a long period of time to be playing that game yeah we probably um, could have finished like because we essentially finished this game um over two settings like what do you reckon the total time would have been two and a half hours not even yeah two to three somewhere yeah. depending. well i am impressed that you guys played this game for three hours yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i was I was playing this game. I was running around at the Red Ranger, um, and Steve went up from the basement to spend time with his loved ones, mm. as one <laughs> does. And I was just like, was yeah, <laughs> here I am playing Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue by myself in my friend's basement. And it just it just felt very sad. It was one of those <laughs> moments where I'm like, because at least when we do it together, it's like, oh, we're sharing this experience. I and I was like, I can't do the two-player mode because Steve's not here. Like, how long do I have to keep playing this for it to be polite? I, I promise I wasn't abandoning you. No, I, I was know. just straight up dumping out. Like, I promise. I swear to you, on my soul, I was pooping. I was pooping! <laughs> um, you're anyway, Moving on, your next mode in this game um you play as one of the zoids the Zo no not the zoids the zords, zords. Yeah, yeah. avoid the zoids avoid the zoids but oh, you can play lord, the zords. lord the zords <laughs> yeah. board the zords yeah board the zords avoid, avoid the, the noise there you go. um and so you play as i don't know the alpha zord or whatever Megazord. his name is ultra zorbatron <laughs> yeah exactly oh, mega mega zord Mega you fight Vexar, is that the name of Vector. your first? Vector. Vector. And fittingly, he's just kind of a green-looking grid guy. He's made of the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the camera here shifts to a first-person mode mm. with sort of large... This is so uh, weird. 
you know, large buildings in the background. They do a pretty good job of making it look like you are a giant robot. Like, the scale mm. does seem correct. The scale's right. You do... I, I get more of a rock'em sock'em robot yeah. vibe off this, because it's not like you're bumping into buildings or anything. You're kind of in a big clearing. Mm. Yeah. And you can't destroy it. Well, and that's what it misses, is that it's just a pasted-on environment of the buildings in the back, and you were missing so many of your missiles that they were just flying to these buildings behind. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the amount of collateral damage you caused that's as, huge. like, a light speed rescue so it's so much more than whatever the however many people you save yeah 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 um so anyway it's this first person mode your a button shoots a missile at vector um your b did you guys ever figure out what the b button did no it no. just seemed to like stop you from being able to move yeah your vision glows yellow for a second and then you just don't do anything and i don't get what was happening like no, we eventually figured out the c buttons gave you like a shield you know you went third yep. person uh, third person again and gave you this big energy but shield. it's or so slow attack. to activate the shield yeah and just gives the <laughs> enemy an opportunity attack mm. yeah and the enemy can actually pick up like power-ups as well on yeah. the map um i found it very jarring because it's like most of the time it's first person and you're shooting yep. missiles at the other guy but then when you get close enough to them you can start punching them and it abruptly pulls out into a third person view yep. but they move so quickly out of your range that you're quickly like snapping back and forth yeah. between these two perspectives and it feels really weird um yeah this is the most disappointing section of the game to me because it had the most potential but mm. yes yeah just if it just stayed as being a third-person perspective, I think it would have improved it immensely. Yeah, a third-person giant robot fighting game where you could smash buildings and stuff, I would be on board with that. Yeah. And But no, like you say, it just whips in and out of first-person so often that it's disorienting. And the fact that when you're in first-person, there's no reticle, there's no like fist mm. animation or gun animation, no. so there's no sense no. that you're even playing. You look like it's just looking at an enemy and like, oh, wait, I'm doing something. Yeah, all of your attacks are just going on the same plane, you know, so it's just a matter of how quickly can you jam on that Yeah, button. there's there's all there's these other moves, like you can press down C to shoot your arms out as like a rocket, yep. but there's just no reason to do any of this stuff because, again, you take so little damage compared to the enemy and all you want to, you just want to launch rockets at them. And it's worth noting here, this is, this game has a two-player mode. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the two-player mode is just this. Just this. It's they call it, uh, what Megazord is it? Megazord Arena. Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Megazord Arena. Megazord Arena. <laughs> and there, there were like, so we, I think we had like five or six Zords like unlocked at the beginning and there were a bunch of question mark guys. So like you have to scroll through all the question marks. We, we thought it's like, yep. okay, as we play this game, we're going to be able to unlock new ones by beating bosses. So like the second episode we get to uh, and we're going into our first Megazord fight, we're like, okay, we fought Vector last time. Maybe we fight someone new to unlock it. Nope. Just Vector again. Um, oh, the, the enemy repeat. variety yeah. is um, astounding. <laughs> like. At one point, you fight, yeah, Mirror Megazord, who is just yep. you, but, like, with a shitty gray... Who, who I made a very specific point of punching to death for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then what about later on in the game, where you just get various colours of fucked Grimace? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just rock, I don't know if gray, we got to that fucked point. Grimace. No. And then slimy, green, fucked Grimace. Well, what was really great and really weird is the very final battle of this, it's, it announces you as fighting two enemies, and then you fight one. <laughs> and then you're like, oh. and then I like I literally looked at you like, did did we miss something? Were they combined? It's like no, there was just 
a green blob and you beat it and it's like so it's like green blob and fucked grinis versus you and then you just kill green blob and it's over yeah the guys who were did the um ms paint who were on the ms paint department of this yeah. game were completely separate from the gameplay guys oh, so they real. had put that slide of the fighting two guys and the gameplay guys just never got that memo yeah i, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if every department was completely separate because there's a weird little thing and it was the tiniest little error but it was kind of funny during the side scrolling vehicle sections when you pick up extra time extra time is represented by an hourglass but when you pick it up it makes the sound of a mechanical clock (laughs) and so obviously like the visual guys had no idea what the sound bank was doing and they were just like yeah chuck this in yeah they knew it was a time power up we don't have the sound of an hourglass just use a clock whatever shut up the sound of a sundial in there like a casio (laughs) synthesizer and every time somebody hits another power up just like (laughs) 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 like just going down the line actually just on that though the sound design like it's actually you know because the n64 didn't have a lot of voice acting so it's kind of like nice when you hear it but yeah the performances were just woeful well, oh, it's yeah. so badly mixed. Like, a lot of yeah. the sound effects are very loud, but the music is super quiet the real whole time. Quiet. Yeah. Doesn't have, I feel like the real reason that these later Power Rangers series never caught on, they didn't have that sweet, like, guitar solo-driven, like, theme yeah. song. Oh, man, and, go back and, if you remember the Super NES Power Rangers game, like, the opening credits of that, they've got the full theme yeah, song. Yeah, that, that's one of those voices. games that's yeah? just fun to leave on the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like there's, yeah, there's so they, lightning everywhere. Yeah, that's a pretty. You know what? I I, I kind of want to dig that one up again. I want to play that now. Um, so finally, the other type of level that we get is this weird like green spaceship level. Um, now it's third person, 3D, and it's kind of the same as the fire truck level, except now you're in the air and you have to fly around shooting bad guys and rescuing the other rangers. Um, so you were not rescue rangers though, but because that's a way more fun game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this one. Uh, I think this was probably my least favorite of all the different oh, modes just yeah. because it's really boring, I think. It's just you you elevate yourself a little bit, you lower yourself. It's kind of difficult to control, and you're just kind of wandering around the same city until a Power Ranger appears on your menu, and then you just pick him up and move on. Like, I thought this was boring. I would One thing I would say about this mode is this mode looks the best by far, and I think that was part of it because I had just been playing the top-down section oh, for yeah, what yeah. felt like way too long. Mm-hmm. Um but it's like it runs smooth and like the graphics on the Green Ranger ship are pretty good. And I'm like, why doesn't more of the game look like this? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the actual gameplay here doesn't. It's super hard to shoot down any enemy ships. Yeah. So much like the other modes, your best success is to just avoid them. And I also found myself getting lost a lot trying to find the other Rangers. Mm. What did you guys think of this mode? Uh, this was actually probably my favorite mode. I think because a lot, I, feel I like think it's the because most... you're on the upside down part of the world. <laughs> Entirely <laughs> possible. So all our preferences Everything's are reversed. Everything's backwards, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we're not busy running from demigorgons, we love things that actually suck. <laughs> Uh, but no, um, I just feel like it had maybe the most realized ideas because, again, it, I mean, the controls are a little bit clunky, but it still functions properly, unlike some of the other areas which the camera gets stuck on things and whatever else. And it just, I guess, it, it also felt like it had potential. I like flying, flying in three D spaces and shooting at things. It doesn't, it's not good here, but I like the idea yeah. of it mostly. I think it's also very telling on the overall boringness of this game that when uh, this mode surprised me because uh, the level we were playing this morning, uh, you were floating around and picking up crates, yeah, and then the last two crates were above me, and I was like, "Whoa, what? yeah, <laughs> I think a new twist." Yeah. That's the thing. In yeah, this these, game. Are, these are the standards. We were playing like the the default, the sort of run around on foot mode, and we're like, "Whoa, there's a guy on the roof." 
both. Like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I think in this game especially, it's like, which shade of drying paint is your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you do get like you see little civilians on the on the streets sometimes, and you have to go rescue them. And they're doing like the the Dark Souls thing where they're raising their arms over yep. the air, and like I don't know, it, it's the animations are all really like canned and goofy. Um, <laughs> weird weird uh, question here. Um, there is a point where one of the power ups you get is invisibility. Yep. And that actually works functionally. Like enemies will not chase after you when you have invisibility. But when you rescue someone um, in this game, they sort of poof away. <laughs> and so I was just trying to see it from this person's that you're rescuing <laughs> perspective. You, because you have a visibility, so they can't see you. And literally, they're just standing there, hoping they get rescued, and then they just vanish out of existence. <laughs> and I, I just wonder what happens to those people. Yeah, they and, just got raptured. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just happen to get raptured the moment the Power Ranger touched them, because yep. the Power Ranger is Jesus. Oh, yeah. that is a horrifying implication because of those car levels, the ones that you miss, uh, that oh, you know yeah. explode and die anyway. Are they doomed to health? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel bad now. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad. They can, no, no. So you you got those are your four modes. The game kind of just rotates between those modes in some mm. some order. Um, it's yeah. there's about nine stages per episode, and yep. then about three episodes. Then there's three episodes in this game, and most levels we're gonna take what? What do you guys think? Five minutes. Yeah, in some cases. The foot ones will take longer. Um, the, I think they the just end. feel really long. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> um, the so flying the, yeah, ones like were pretty lo- lengthy as well, but there weren't very many of them, I think. There were two, I think. Yeah, over yeah. the entire oh. game. Oh, wow, okay. Because I guess that was the expensive Because o- only the Green Ranger has that, the flying vehicle. Mm. Yeah, and... Um, Oh, we're about to reference something we watched in the show. Never mind. <laughs> you can do it. We won't, uh, we won't call uh, the you out. The little clip we watched, uh, he learned the power of teamwork and because <laughs> yeah. he was the flying vehicle and he was like, no, I'm on my own. And then mm-hmm. the <laughs> red uh, ranger bound to the ground, you know, needed his help and they uh, hugged. They learned the value of Aww. teamwork. They all drink lemonade. The end. But of course. <laughs> he was also so- a cowboy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Um, so the right, two, I'm this now. the two player mode in this, um, like we said, it's just the the robot battle. It it sucks. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. play the two player mode at all? It's just yeah. it's just awful. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm really good. You at are it. really good. You <laughs> kicked my ass every time, which is probably why I hated it. Turns out this well. is my game. I'm taking this to like uh, a Gen Con or. But whatever. it seemed like super unbalanced. Like you as the regular the regular Zord. Like we each just started blasting each other with missiles, and then you had full health. Yeah. And I had I was dead. It seems to be largely incumbent on who can hit the first. Like, whoever hits first does more damage for the match. I don't know. It's very unbalanced. Do you guys uncover any of the secrets of this shitty mode? No, and, you know, we were talking before about, you know, what did the B button actually do? You know, the two-player mode at least gives you a different, uh, you know, the outside perspective of your character, and, yeah, it just didn't look like it did anything. But holy fuck, the the, falling animations of the the swords are hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the way they just yeah would fall on their little zordy bum. Oh. Yeah, and just, how, <laughs> and just how hilariously inconsequential it was because you fell yeah. down and you get back up like a half second later. You're like, oh, okay, mm. I guess I was in trouble there, maybe. No, Ch- no, fine now. Fine Jumble now. Wumba Zord. <laughs> Jumble Wumba Zord. Uh, he is knocked out. He gets back up, up again. again. Yeah, I thought this would be one of those sort of ironic multiplayer games that you could bust out to mess with people, but like it's just it it's just too simple and yeah. it doesn't feel balanced. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be that yeah. interesting. Um I think that's about all I've got on, on notes wise. Does anyone else have anything to say about this game before we move on to our rankings? I think I'm all right. 
Yeah, man, yeah. we covered I it. We, I think. I think yeah. we've said it. I think we've. I think we've probably spent more time talking and thinking about this game than anyone else involved in this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who's the people who designed it? Yeah, people who designed it. So let's move on to our rankings. Oh, well, you so say something? Are, I, I was just going to say. Oh. I think I, I mentioned it to you, Ian, when you were. When we, ah, I'm going to take that again because I fucked that up. <laughs> no I worries. mentioned it to Elliot when we were playing it that it feels like a game that had maybe one afternoon of effort put into it because I like the idea they tried these different game modes and they had these different ideas but then none of it came together because they were out of effort for the rest of the production yeah it's so so very simple yeah I think they just ran out um, but right now we have uh, 216 games on our list quite a few Um, yeah we're stacking up there uh, I'll start off with this. Um, like I said, I think this this is uh, indisputably a very bad game. Uh, but I think this almost verges on the so bad it's good variety. I think it's goofy and weird enough that it's interesting, at least for, for a few minutes. And it's very, it. very effortless. I think it's very a, effortless. I think you said a lot by saying it was never frustrating. Even at its worst, I was never angry at it. Mm. No, no, no. And, and to that degree, I think it joins... Uh, I'm going to put it right below Blues Brothers 2000 at number 190, <laughs> which is another game that's kind of so bad, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that fits in there. It's, uh, I consider this a, a terrible game that I have some minor light affection for, I guess. Maybe affection isn't the right yeah. word, but I, I, I had a mildly... You're, you're kind of tempted to go play it some more. I mean, like... look, we're all stuck in our houses right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the world is like. We're, we're filming this and adver- taping this in advance. I don't know what the world is like next week when this airs, but like, yeah, we're we're trapped in our houses right now, so I've got nothing better to do than to play Power Power Rangers and Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Why not? Well, Steve, you have done it again. We have succeeded in having almost identical thoughts on a game. Oh, no. I'm putting this at number 191. Okay, right, under which is guy. right under PGA European Tour. Okay, uh, which was a very boring golf game we played. Um, but really had more going on than this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this game is kind of fun in its own really stupid way. Um, in the same way you play mobile games sometimes that just involve clicking yeah. because they give you sort of immediate satisfaction. This game kind of appeals to that same sense just to hear that yay at the end of the level I mean, each yay. time. Much, <laughs> yay. Much like uh, watching the movie uh, High Out of Your Mind. I think this is a good game to get high out of your mind and play for a few minutes because it will not <laughs> test you mm. um so you guys both uh this is on your only game on the, the system that you've done on the show so far so congratulations it is your favorite game this and, is the uh, best game the nation <laughs> of australia's favorite game i think i think it's fair to say as the is the first uh, uh australian representatives as on this show yeah, yeah. yes I, I yes will say, if you replace when i was um you know playing with one hand and drinking with the other replace coffee with beer you got a game <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is an australian <laughs> tradition yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Any game that you can play with one hand can't be all bad. No, exactly. Well, uh, we have one letter to read this week, um, so I will go ahead and read it. Why not? Uh, hi, Woody, Steve, and guests. And guests Hello. is spelled with two parentheses with two question marks and an S. Uh, it's all a mess, but Whoa. I love it. It looks like a, it looks like a math equation. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for your extensive time and effort delving into the N64 catalog. You are very welcome. Uh, my brother, who is at Shrug the Mighty on Instagram, and I have spent hundreds of hours with this system, often playing very so-so games like Nightmare Creatures, Army Men, Fighters Destiny, and many more, that at the time felt like hyper-realistic simulations because compared to our Sega games, they really were. <laughs> Two things. Uh, I have been trying to work my way through your back catalog for a few months and I'm just now catching up. 
I've been eagerly awaiting your assessment of Turok 2, as this was a huge game for my brother and me, but your review initially made me very frustrated. I went straight from your podcast to my Xbox One to download the remastered version, where I discovered that, to my horror, the game was not the genre-defining masterpiece that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I did push through the first two levels and was pleasantly surprised to find that there were some very interesting character and level designs beyond those. It's stark, confusing, and not nearly as pretty as I remember, but at least the weapons were interesting and the enemies felt dynamic and reactive. I do think you would have enjoyed it more just by inputting the Beware Oblivion is at Hand cheat and jumping forward to the more fun levels, but I understand now why you didn't get drawn in immediately. It it is worth saying that any game that starts with its rougher spots is going to get a much worse review on our show than (laughs) games that finish strongly, because we're not... You know, we, we're we, not yeah. pushing too far in these games. Not no. too far, not too far. They and need to be like, more like Turok 2, take a lesson from Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Be easier. <laughs> be even easier and shorter. <laughs> um, secondly, I have spent the last few years diving back into games I played on the original Game Boy and Sega Genesis, even going so far as building myself a Raspberry Pi Power Arcade machine. Nice. But I have struggled to find even a single one of those games that can hold my full attention for more than 30 or 40 minutes, mm. with the exception of Sonic 2 and Super Mario Land. So what are some older games games that can allow you to fully lose yourself for extended periods of time, the way we take for granted in the modern era? Thanks so much for all your hard work and dedication to keeping up the great shows. And that is from Nick Sterling, whose Instagram handle is at ManMakeHat. So thank you, Mike. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, So some older games that can hold your attention the way that modern games do. That's a good question, because I find I have the same kind of uh, short-term attention span with older games like that, too, which is Mm. also how most of them are designed to be playing Mm. in shorter bursts like that. Um, A couple that come to mind um, off the top of my head. I mean, I'm not saying you should play this, but just think of one that I think would still hold on. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, if you're playing original Game Boy games. Those games are very clunky in their basic mechanics, Mm. but they're still pretty addictive in the Pokemon formula. Um, You know, all the Sonic games for the Sega Genesis are pretty good. Like Sonic 3 and Sonic & Knuckles are pretty good. And another one that I feel like doesn't quite get enough attention, but is a really entertaining playthrough, uh, Earthworm Jim 2. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jim 2 is a really good one. as well. <laughs> I was uh, a big fan of a game called Landstalker on the Genesis, which is kind of like an isometric uh, action RPG. Uh, I don't know how well that game is held up. I know the makers of that game went on to make uh, Alundra for the PlayStation, which is kind of a secret little favorite of mine. Um, so that one's pretty fun. And again, I don't know how well it holds up. Isometric uh, th- games like that are kind of difficult to control. Yeah, I'm really digging. R- Ristar is a pretty cool game oh, for the yeah, Genesis yeah. as well. Um, Sparkster oh. or like um, yeah. Rocket Knight Adventures. Oh, Gunstar Heroes. Gunstar Play Gunstar Heroes. Heroes. Yes. That's one of the best games I mean, if we're Genesis. just talking Genesis yeah. right now, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunstar Heroes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you guys have anything? Well, I just want to say the, the original Game oh. Boy is just, is just tough going. It's tough going. Like, yeah. yeah, sorry. Go ahead, guys. Oh, I was just going to say, because like... Uh, whenever I revisit any of these old games, it's usually just for like nostalgic value. You know, a lot of the games that played over and over again, it's like nice getting lost in you know, um, you know, get, getting an emulator or whatever and revisiting them. There's a rollerblading Sega Genesis game which is fucking escaping my mind right now. Skitchen, is it Skitchen? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hang on the back of the car, yeah. Oh, no, it was actually more like a Streets of Rage uh, side-scroll and beat-em-up one. Are you sure uh, it's not Streets of Rage? Because in Streets of Rage guy. 2, you play <laughs> yeah. as a rollerblade yeah. guy. Oh, oh yeah, no, well, be. Streets of Rage as well. Uh, I especially love 2 and 3 mm. growing up. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, all the 
basic answers, Sonic 2, and um, yeah, what about you, BT? Um, I mean, not Genesis things, but I mean, obvious answers mostly, you know, Donkey Kong Country was an amazing. Oh, yeah. Zelda's oh, yeah. always hold mm-hmm. up. Um, well, I mean, just... yeah, when, when you get on the Super NES, then you've got, like, all these amazing RPGs and stuff like that that take 40, 50 hours to play, so, yeah. like... Yeah, you're getting into it there. Uh, I was uh, gonna throw out. I think it was also on Genesis something like Lost Vikings, uh, which yeah, is Vikings is a cool game. Really, I love Lost Vikings. very interesting uh, uh, puzzle platformer one. That yeah, that held my attention a lot as a kid. Just trying to remember what else I played. Oh, Toe Jam and Earl. Oh yes. fuck, I loved yeah. those games as a kid. Um, the, but, I th- yeah, I didn't, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't have a Game Boy growing up. Really, like for one birthday, my mum did get me a Game Boy. But it was because she was addicted to Dr. Mario, and <laughs> I, I never played the thing. <laughs> it, um, it was a birthday present for her, much like Homer and the Bowling Ball. <laughs> um, I know we've been going a while, but I have I just have another question sort of in, in lieu of, in, in, sorry, relating to this topic. Um, what do you guys think the phenomenon is with sort of that difficulty of sort of getting, because I, I love retro games. I've sort mm-hmm. of, that's always kind of been my go-to. But, like, it is hard to sort of find your way to get the attention wrapped in there. Do you think that's just because we've been spoiled by newer games? Or is it... I honestly feel like as cool as it is to have, like, these Raspberry Pi setups and things that you have access to all these old games, Mm -hmm. I feel like having all of them there and being able to switch games instantly sort of makes you so much less engaged with what you're playing. Oh, yeah. Whereas what happened before when you were a kid is you just have one game. And so yeah. you're just going to be engaged with it because that's what you have. And there's not like, oh, I can just switch and play this other game instantly. And I feel like that's sort of the thing that you need to replicate. It's like what we were saying with Turok. It's like, that's the game you have. You're going to push through those hard parts yeah. and, go, and go for it where it's like, that, that's trickier to, trickier to replicate now because yeah, you have so sure. many games. Oh, definitely. I think that's and it true. means we like have a higher benchmark for quality as well mm. because like i don't know is Toe Jam and Earl actually Rangers. a good game yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and i mean this but back in the day that was the game you had begged and asked for and got finally got for your birthday or christmas and you had to milk it for every single drop it was worth yeah and exactly. also just the natural evolution of video games like um uh, like Chirok. i mean i think we all probably fucking loved that back in the day but yeah as a yeah, game I mean, now it doesn't really hold up yeah and i mean there's also the fact that we're older and we have other shit to do quite frankly so if a game's not blowing your mind it's like i'm, I'm gonna go do something else now whereas when you're a kid i remember playing through things like goldeneye giving myself random my own objectives like mm. shoot all the scientists or blow up all of this just just for the hell of doing something different in a game i liked i don't have that kind of time anymore so punch oh, boris yeah. in the face punch boris in his stupid <laughs> stupid there, face there i really found the game a time... oh, sorry oh yeah Oh, there, no, there was sorry, a time when I knew every enemy spawning point of yeah. the Stargate Genesis game, which is like the most <laughs> wow. mediocre licensed video game of all time. But I knew every enemy placement. I could beat that game with my eyes closed. So, like, yeah, I get it. We just kind of adapt. Yeah. Oh, dude, I poured over Clay, Clay Fighter 63 and a third as a kid. Oh, like, no. It was, no, it was honestly one of my favorite games of, uh, and, and yeah, going back to revisit. That was, oh, so disappointing. I was going to say, uh, apologies if you've listened to our episode on that. It's, uh, it's a rough one. Oh, so <laughs> we rough. particularly kind on that one, but yeah. 
I found the game oh, that awesome. I was thinking of. Uh, it was oh, DJ, yeah. Boy. <laughs> DJ oh, Boy. DJ Boy. Oh, I have played that game. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. DJ Boy. Yeah. Again, right, I don't know if it holds no up. It's no Kid gonna... Chameleon. It's nothing as Kid Chameleon. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think we're going to let you guys go. Thank you so much to you guys for being here. Um, please tell us where can people find your podcast and all of your social media stuff. Uh, let them know about it. Yeah, and tell uh, us tell us so, when your uh, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue podcast is coming out. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, we uh, instead of reviewing three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, what we is watched it? three episodes of Lightspeed Rescue at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> try to review. You could call it Lightspeed at Lightspeed. Yeah. Lightspeed migraine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's The Simpsons Index. You can find us at thesimpsonsindex.com at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index. Yeah, we post uh, Simpsons memes and our rankings and, yeah, like to mm-hmm. um, get into talking about the discussions about the qualities of these episodes. And, yeah, uh, it's a fun little project. And, BT? Yeah, uh, Thrones of Game has no uh, social media presence. It's just all through The Simpsons Index. It's just a side project we're kind of pushing. So, um, yeah, it's just out there. Thrones of Game. It'll be the only Game of Thrones podcast with new episodes. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciated having some extra Power Rangers expertise for this one because I was a little bit afloat, but uh, thank you so much for being here. It was great to have you. And no, really thank you to the uh, for indulging. Sorry? Oh, I was, I was letting people know, listen to The Simpsons Index. It's an incredibly fun show, um, and uh, uh, I think I think if you like The Simpsons, you'll have a really good time. No, and thanks I'm for dig into giving me a platform. Thanks for giving me a platform to yeah uh, get out all my Power Rangers knowledge. I felt like <laughs> all these years of study were not in vain. Thank you for enabling <laughs> us. <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. Uh, you can find us at Ultra Sixty Four Podcast on all the different social medias. You can email us at Ultra Sixty Four Podcast at gmail dot com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash ultra sixty four pod. We've got an episode. We just uh, when you're listening to this, we just dropped an episode on Animal Crossing, mm, uh, and we've got uh, a special listener selected episode coming up soon that we don't know what it is yet. So that'll be exciting. Hey everybody, Steve jumping in here real quick. We had a slight change in our schedule because of coronavirus-related issues. Nobody's sick, but we're making sure we stay that way. So we're rearranging some of our games that might have a heavier, uh, let's say, in-house multiplayer component. And uh, so this week we are going to be playing Star Soldier Vanishing Earth and Asteroids Hyper 64. These are two side-scrolling shoot-em-ups. Actually, I don't know if Asteroids is side-scrolling or not. We're going to find out. But it is kind of one of the originators of the side-scrolling thing. Plus, they're both outer space shooters. And uh, I I just thought these sounded like a fun one to put together. So we are going to be playing Star Soldier Vanishing Earth, Asteroids Hyper 64. And don't worry, we've got plenty more multiplayer content coming to you in the future as we all get healthier and keep up our physical distancing. So thank you, everybody, for participating in that. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. Back to the show. So until that time, I think uh, I'm going to mighty morph the hell out of here. Let's all uh, let's all finish with an excited cheer for making it through the episode. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>